It is that time in the week where we head on over for a visit with our friends at Black Locks Reporter because they get the goods that very few others do. And the guy doing a lot of the digging would be Mr. Tom Korski, the managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. Good to have you. Thank you, Alex. Bunch of little things happening here, but this one is just a little precious by uh, half. A federal manager, you guys obtained emails on, uh, coached a favored contractor on how to invoice just one penny below the Treasury Board threshold on a sweetheart contract. It involves a Toronto lawyer who got this sole source contract by a federal agency, um, the Immigration and Refugee Board. This lawyer was also a former Ontario Human Rights Commissioner, but the contract awarded by the Refugee Board's Office of Integrity. The justification of keeping this so quiet is because of the privacy of refugees. So it would not be in the public's interest to solicit for outside bids. Like, really? No, that's that's no one's business. Very unusual contract. $39,999.99. Why wouldn't they just call it 40000 Uh-oh. Because if you go up that extra penny, Alex, Treasury Board rule says, then you have to open it up to open competition. Then taxpayers will find out if they're getting value for money. And your competitors can submit their own bids and maybe cut your price. Well, they wanted to avoid all that. Of all people, this was out of the office of the Director for Integrity at the Refugee Board. And he wanted to award this contract to a friend, a favored contractor. And he coached the contractor, we can see in emails, on how to just come in just under that $40,000 threshold. What's the point? My friends always say, you know, Ottawa needs better rules. And I say, no, the rules are fine. They need better managers. And here's an example of a manager who went out of his way to skirt a rule. And the point of the rule was to ensure value for taxpayers, and they don't care. Yeah, and but we've seen this time and time and time again, and it's not just with this government, but certainly, uh, you know, they're in charge right now, so that's who we got to blame. But time and again, we see people, um, you know, within government, um, you know, trying to help their friends, uh, you know, in all the right places get these deals at the expense of the taxpayers. And where there's one example, Tom, that just means there are many, many, many more of these incidents happening. And again, we don't get a lot of transparency. These are the kinds of things you have to dig for like you guys do. And so you just imagine how often is this actually happening? It's billions. It's billions, and it happens every single week. You know why most media don't report on sole source contracts? Because they are soliciting sole source contracts. That's just a fact, thanks to the media subsidy world. Uh, MPs and the procurement ombudsman have been after this for decades. Sole sourced contracts are bad for taxpayers. It means that competitors never get to bid. It means that you as a taxpayer will never know if you got the lowest bid on a contract you know, in this case, you'll never guess what the contractor charged. $650 an hour, Alex. It was like hiring a patent lawyer to shovel the sidewalk. It's okay. I'm, I'm working by the hour. You better believe he did a lot of snow research at that rate. Yeah, well, he was shoveling something, but it wasn't snow. Nonetheless, and it's also great work if you can get it. The problem is you can't get it because you never get a chance for it. Um boy, oh boy. So, you know, this is always a very debatable topic. Um, kids and voting. And there's a group of kids 
who have decided they're going to take the government to court, Elections Canada, actually, because they want the age of voting brought down. And, of course, our Charter of Rights guarantees the ballot to every citizen, and it sets no age limit. So this group, which has now got a a claim before the Ontario Superior, Superior Court, is going to argue that you know, their charter rights are being violated. And so they're asking Parliament to lower the minimum age of the elector, um, you know, to what, 12, 13, 14? I mean, the plaintiffs in this case are 12 to 18. And look, I love kids getting involved. I have no problem with kids getting involved. I just don't necessarily want 13, 14, or even 16-year-olds voting. There have been bills, and there was one introduced only last Wednesday, Alex, in the Senate to lower the voting age from 18 to 16. It would be the first change since 1970 when they lowered it from 21. What's interesting is people say, well, you know, this crazy lawsuit by these crazy kids. The courts have uh, have rewritten the uh, Canada Elections Act twice before. In fact, the most recent changes to the law came from judges, not MPs. One was to give prisoners the vote, and that was the Supreme Court. The other was to give Canadians who've lived out of the country for more than five years the vote. That was also the Supreme Court only two years ago. This is an interesting lawsuit. Everyone has their own opinion. Mine is very old-fashioned. I don't think democracy is about participating. I don't think it's a track and field day. I think elections are about deciding how they spend the money. I think people who contribute the money should decide who spends the money. With all due respect to some 16-year-olds who work, when you are 16, you are a net beneficiary of the state. You have received more from the government through public schools, etc., than you have paid. When you're my age, trust me, the ledger turns, (laughs) (laughs) which is why people over 70 have the highest voting turnout rate of anybody in the country. Right, precisely. But with this change, if it goes down just slightly, I mean, it will benefit somebody. And it may not even benefit Mr. Trudeau. It would probably be wonderful for the NDP. But again, the way you think when you're 15 and 16 is certainly not how you think after a lifetime of paying taxes and you start to really question the policy. I just think as long as you understand the policy and the consequences of such policy, okay, and I'm concerned that there may not be, uh, you know, widespread knowledge of the policies. Climate change, Alex. What it means is the faculty lounge at the high school will have more influence in the selection of a parliament than anybody else in the country. You know, if you cast your mind back, and I I have to tell you, I am peripherally aware of the curricula for grade 10, 11, and 12 students in Ontario today. It has changed quite a bit since I went to high Mm -hmm. school. And they are being taught very political things that would influence you if you were a grade 10 voter electing a member of parliament. You will not recognize the parliaments that result, I can assure you. Oh, my God. It would be almost just oh, the Green Party will all of a sudden be <laughs> in charge. Official opposition. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll finish off on this one. You know, it took them, what, a month? But the CBC finally decided to get around to correcting a hate-filled article that was written by an Elections Canada information officer who uh, decided to call the Conservative vote jarring and, ref- you know, reference to being bigots. And it was all about this uh, worker who questioned an elderly white person, um, you know, who had decided to ask, you know, where do I vote? It was a very friendly conversation. There was nothing controversial about the conversation, but apparently the freelance writer who wrote the piece and who is just happens to be Muslim, decided that that 
conversation she had with Granny um, must have been, you know, because she hates all Muslims. And so she, she took this approach to the article where she went off, you know, basically, you know, a, a, a hate-fueled tirade against conservative voters. And the CBC letter, uh, you know, it... I don't really true. understand. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand this business anymore. I don't know how that could get past any editorial desk without some uh, manager's head exploding, but it did. They posted it was online. They've changed it now. We had a heck of a time finding the original version, and I'm telling you, it's no. It was. It was. It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen on the internet, on a publicly subsidized platform that is CBC.ca. As you point out, this was a, a first-person commentary by an Elections Canada information officer working at a poll who describes as jarring the number of conservative voters there were and recounts this anecdote you just described, Alex. Sweet little old lady, elderly white lady, quote-unquote, with an aluminum walker who was confused but pleasant because she'd gone to the wrong polling station. We've all done that. Writes our correspondent for the CBC, only after she left, I thought, I bet she's one of those people who hates me. She's a hater. So this is someone's <laughs> grandmother. And, and, and mm-hmm. this commentary, this poisonous, vituperative, racially tinged commentary was brought to the general public thanks to John Q. Sucker taxpayer on a CBC.ca platform. Where are we going, Alex? What? I, I, I don't understand this business. Yeah, well, I guess they didn't check for the 18 words in that article before they posted it, because all those words were just okay with the CBC. But you're right, we live in some weird, weird times. Um, On that note, vericulative, I like that word. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it very much. Uh, My pleasure. Anytime. Thanks, Alex. That's Tom Korski, Managing Editor with Black Locks Reporting. Reporter. He is, of course, uh, it is a subscription-based read worth every single penny and that's why we have it here Mondays and Wednesdays in case you miss it. Stay with us here Alex Pearson on point and this is Global News Radio.